You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is Turban Rabon, and we are now in a new section of Volume 2, the section denies in Nedoraman from the third parak of Nedoram, which can be found on Daflamid Aleph Hamid Beis. Rebelezer ben Azariah Yimer Meusihiyo Orlo. Orlo is something that's repulsive, disgusting. Because as you're wondering, what is this doing in Nedoram? I'm going to show you in a minute that the attitude that was entrenched in our in the average Jew was that his Jewish identity was a reflection of many strands, and an essential one was that he is circumcised. And a non-Jew, as the Pasuk in Yirmiya says, whether they're technically circumcised or not, they would be called Arelim. So, Rabbi Elizabeth Nazaria's statement is really necessary to just understand the Mishnah. Uh, and, and they're quoting it here is is a little bit disingenuous because you're not exactly sure what, what, what is it doing here. The other statements from Rabbi Shmo and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shua ben Korcha, and Rabbi, and the Dovaracher, which might be Rebbe's own Dovaracher, might be the Mishnah adding, those are not about how the non-Jews are considered Aurelian. Those are how positive Mila is. 13 times the word bris occurs about Mila. Rabbi Yaisi says, it's Deiches Shabbos. Mishra ben Korach says, This was the Parsha that we read last week and finishing it off last Shabbos, that Mishra Rabbeinu was in danger of being killed for not doing the mitzvah of Mila right away. So we see how important Mila is. That Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have any, didn't help him at all. Sipira saved the day, as you know. Interesting how, yeah. Whatever Avram Avinu had done, he was not considered a complete person until this happened. He wasn't called complete until this happened. Which is the introduction to the mitzvah of brismila, meaning that if you are if you stay in this uncircumcised state, you are not a tomim. And we'll see that this is a a, a point of contention between the rishonim. Exactly what this means. Now we have this dover acher, and it's quite amazing if you look at it. Mila is such a great mitzvah that if it wouldn't be for bris Mila, we wouldn't have the world. Now, I understand everybody wants to say how great this mitzvah is. It's such an important part of what defines Klal Yisrael. But that without the bris Mila, there wouldn't, it sounds like that we wouldn't have a creation. And the Pasuk in Yirmiya is quoted to back this up. So, how does this prove anything about Brismila? So there's there's two ways to learn, and you can see it in the Taisus Yontif, 
Rabbi Flipman Heller's commentary in the Mishnayis. The it depends where you put the comma. One way to learn is If it wouldn't be for my bris, which is a night and day bris, even though you don't do a bris during the night, you have to wait during the day to do a bris. But it's a type of thing that's constantly on you. It's a covenant that God has with the males of the Jewish people that's with them constantly. It's on their body, which is there night and day. That's one shot. If it wouldn't be for this bris, all the rules of heaven and earth, I would never establish them, and there wouldn't have been these the, the rules of physics and nature that allow functioning life to happen the way we know it. What an amazing statement. An amazing statement. Um, Rashi quotes a similar Chazal in the very beginning of Sefer Bereshis, where he says, Bishvil Yisroel Bishvil And if the and, and it quotes this Pasik as well, because the bris is the bris of Taira. And 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 and, and the Taisus Yantav points out that these other Midrashim, and even this med, even this Chazal itself, you can put the comma here. Imloi Brisi, comma. And what is my bris? So you could say it's the bris of Arvasmoyav, the bris of Taira. Or you could say it's the bris of Mila. And that's what this Dabarakar is saying. If it wouldn't be for that first essential bris that I made with Avram Avinu, then there wouldn't be night and day. There wouldn't be the movement of the earth of night and day. And all the other chukai shamayim biorets. So it's an amazing statement. Now I can understand it if you want to say Taira. Because if there's no Taira, then God doesn't connect to the world. If there's no Taira, God doesn't connect to the world. So you could say, and it's even though it sounds a little bit like hyperbole, if there wouldn't be my bliss, my covenant, my interconnectedness, then of course God wants this world to be enhanced by his presence, by his energies, by his changing, by his will moving everything towards a purpose. And you could say the bris of Torah symbolizes, is that, not just it symbolizes, it is that. But why is the, the bris of Mila, which is a mitzvah within Tariag, a mitzvah, yes, was given to Avram Avinu, but to, to elevate it in such a state, as I think needs to be commented upon. And One of the things which I think deepens this question is if we take a look at the Talmudic page of Nidorim, where that Mishnah is found. Listen, Dorim, we took a look at the Ran. He quotes here the first opinion, the first statement of Rebbe. He's not Sholem until he becomes Gemalt. Avram, and then he says she shukula connected So he doesn't say that the world wouldn't be created. It sounds like there was an alternate text that said that Mila is equal to all the other mitzvahs. Still a very strong statement, but not as cosmically shocking as the one that's found in the Mishnayos. So the Ran's text in the Mishnayis was obviously different than ours. And the Ran actually says, and according to the Ran's text, there's actually a different Pasik quoted. How do you see that, that the mitzvah of bris milah is shokol kenegekola mitzvahs? The Pasik in Eidama bris. Now that Pasik is in Shemois. That Pasik is in Shemois Chavdalid. Ches, at the end of Parshas Mishpatim, setting up Matsevos, which will be used as altars for Karbonis of Shulamim. This was the only time the Becherim really are seen, the Nare Bnei Yisrael, the firstborns, are seen as acting like Kayhanim. Shulamim, 
Oilois. Moshe takes the blood, he sprinkles it on the Mizbeach, he reads the Sefer Habris, he reads sections of the Torah to them, sections perhaps of Sefer Bereshis or Parshas Mishpatim, and that's when the amazing statement of Nasev and Ishma is said, when they hear that, Moshe takes the blood, He sprinkles it on them and he says, So in the alternate version of the Mishnah that the Ran, and we'll see Tesis also had, that was the Posik. This is to show you the Dam that Bris is worth all the mitzvahs. Because Moshe Rabbeinu said, Here's the Dama Bris that God has made a Krisas Bris with you. So at this moment of Matan Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu has, has created a comparison, has uplifted, has elevated, has shown, oh, you know the Dama Bris, the Dam that you have of, of the Brismila? This is all, it's like the whole Torah is this. That's the quote from the Pasuk. So the Ran asks, Based on that source, if it's that posik, so the Ram says, That dam was the korbanos. That was the blood of the animals that were being sprinkled on Bnei Yisrael. Well, the truth is the word bris is, is, is sometimes used for the whole Torah. It's used for the specific mitzvah of taking off the orba. So So even though it's a little bit of a drash, in Pshat, Moshe means something else. You can see Toysvus also is oimed on this, the Toysvus in the Dorim. He's talking about the dam of the blood of those oilies, of those shlobim. So Toysvus says, we could say that there was a remiss here to the fact that the people who had come to Har Sinai who had not yet had a bris, that Baishrabeinu meant both. And this is actually used in the Gemara in Crisus to show that part of the Geras process was having the bris mila. Because at, at Har Sinai there was a tevila as well. So therefore, Taisus is saying, it's going on the blood of the Korbanos. Either way, uh, I'm pointing out that we don't have the audacious statement that the world wouldn't have been created. But we do have a statement saying there seems to be an, an inference that the Dam of Mila is me'ain kolatayrakula. So what are we supposed to do with these sources? I show them to you. It's it's it, 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 it's somewhat overwhelming. Especially, again, that we know that it's a mitzvah that's given to Klal Yisrael, but of course that women... I would like to read to you the whole Sefer HaChinuch. Here it is. What is what does bris mean? What does it mean to do a circumcision? The top of the of of, of the male organ of the penis has has a a, 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 a skin that closes it off. So you have to chop that. And then you reveal the membrane that's right below it. So by 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 pulling it down and 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 and, and taking it and adhering it, what happens? So then what you have is sort of like a crown, like a head like a crown, and now if you look at that person, you can see that. That is called Priya. 
So Mila and Priya are really, in a sense, one mitzvah. But it's interesting that there's an opinion in the Gemara and Yevamos that the Bnei Yisrael didn't practice Priya until they came into Eretz Yisrael. There's such an opinion that Mila, although in its present state, has these two parts, the bris that Avram Avinu did maybe not might not have had priya, or definitely one could say that the all the 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 uh, circumcisions that occurred before they ate the korban pesach and before matan didn't include priya. There is such an opinion, but right now we see it as as one. And again, if you start thinking, I think. Metaphorically, if you start thinking in terms of symbolism, I think one could see there's a difference between cutting the part away, that closed part away, and then revealing something, right? There's the Asur Meira, that's a type. I think it's 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 the it it, it lends itself to that symbolism. But then he says, Mevinim, everybody, the people who are Mevinim know. The real perfection of man's image is Now, I'm not sure where the one that we all know that the perfect human body is without these foreskin. But that was not necessarily the mindset of the Greeks and the Romans, was it? All their all no, they, naked, they were trying to prevent circumcision. Right, it so all their was. naked statues had foreskins, correct? Correct. Right. So I'm not sure where what he means. Does he mean the mevinim of 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 right? Where there other, we know there were other cultures that might have practiced it, but again, uh, he's interesting. The ancient Egyptians did interestingly. Yes, and we see that in in, in Rashi quotes such a, a source in Parshas uh, Vayigash as well, but is. Would you say that's an indicator? They felt this was a the type of thing that that made a person look perfect. Um, I thought I thought the medrash says Joseph forced them. He he. That's true. That's true. That you're right. That is what the medrash says. That motion, uh, motion Joseph forced I, them. I, I would like to uh, also interesting if you look at the um, when you mentioned the crown that's created as as a result of the circumcision, the part that um, if you look at the ancient uh, reliefs by the uh, Babylonians. You see that the crowns are not what we associate with guards, are, but are very phallic, in fact, what they wear. And it's probably, that looks like a Babylonian crown. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Uh-huh. Egyptians might have practiced just cutting, uh, but not the crown. So, uh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So the crown that's mentioned, it's not the crown we usually think about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that is that is the part that the that the uh, uh, the um, Tzurba book doesn't mention. Then he says, Since he said, you're my people, I want you to have something that is permanent in your bodies. And this way you're going to look different. Because we know that in our Nishomos we are different. There's again the Sefer Chinuch believes that there's an essential difference between Jew and non-Jew in terms of the quality of soul. That there, in terms of where they, um, in terms of where it comes from, in terms of where it goes to, it's not the same. Somehow the the life odyssey and afterlife odyssey of Jew and non-Jew is different, and therefore the human body that contains the Jewish soul needs to be different as well. And the way to make it different is to is to put this ice here. Now the Nikva Hevdel Bigulas Hazov. And we decided to put that difference. It was meant to be where? It was meant to be in something called the Gulas Hazov, the golden bowl. 
because the golden bowl is where life has its source to keep on continuing. And it also, the distinction, it is the shlemus of what a body should be. Now, God chose us and said, I want you to finish the job. I want you to finish what I put out on the blueprint. My blueprint was that humans, the perfect human should have his foreskin cut off. You're going to finish that. He wanted humans to be able to do that. He wanted uh, we, the, the, the crowning, no pun intended here, of humanity to be doing this. We are the ones that are supposed to be fulfilling this. We're the ones that are supposed to be taking action on this. The same way by doing this, we could say, look what humans do. Humans, Jewish humans actually perfect what the body is supposed to be. So that becomes a metaphor. That becomes a symbol. That becomes the 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 aspect of what we have to be mashlim in terms of our neshama. Can't be yod, and we can do it. The same way you could call in the moil. The same way it could be done. The same way it's possible to happen. You just have to have it arranged and be careful. You can also perfect your soul by the actions that you do. So, again, I guess we're getting close to how significant this mitzvah is. I don't know if this interpretation justifies the extreme statements that were found in the Mishnayas, but at least it somehow puts it as an essential thing that that means this is our... It's the symbol of, of, of what we could do. Now, I thought it was interesting that he sort of is being a little bit prudish in where it is that you do your brismila in the Goyvos Azov, right? Um, and this, of course, is based on a Pasuk in Kaiheles that has to do with, in Perak Yudbeis, about when you, be, when you start getting old. When the Shemir Abayas are starting to tremble, and the strong men get cramped up and are stooping. And the grinders don't work anymore. Because there's not enough of them. And it gets dark to look into the skylights. The doors of the street are shut. The sound of the mill is fades. And you wake up when you hear birds. And even though girls are singing, it doesn't seem to make, mean much to you. You're scared of heights. Any sorts of um, problems in the roads, the type of crevices and cracks in the road. And the almond tree starts to blossom or it starts to rot, depending on how you were in the United And the grasshopper somehow is not springy anymore. And the aviona, which is either a caper bush, tough here, seems to shrivel. Because what happens? You're about, this is when you're going to your world. And the eulogers, and the, the people who are going to give eulogies and mourn you, they're out in the shuka already. Ad asher lo yirotek hevel akesef. 
before the silver cord is snapped, and the golden bowl is crushed, but the shober kad al mavua. And the pitcher is shattered at its spring, and the wheel is broken at the well. The dust is going back to the ground, like it was, and the spirit goes back to God. Remember God! So this is Kohelis talking about getting old and dying and using these metaphors. So one of the metaphors, as you can see, all of these, Rashi explains, are all symbols of the body losing it. The doors are the are the orifices. The grinders are your teeth. The keepers of the house are your ribs and your flanks. Um, and the reason why your teeth start to fall out, I can tell you that does happen. Um, and, you know, the sound of the mill as well, he says, is the, is, is, is it's like your, your intestines aren't working as well. And you wake up in the middle of the night. I'm telling you, all of this, I can tell you, is all happening to me. So I can tell you it's all true. And, yeah, okay, like you, you care for the girls singing. Yeah, it doesn't mean much anymore. Oh, all that music sounds the same. All that music. Oh, all that new music. Oh, where, why don't they have songs like they used to? And you're scared. I can't go out in the street now. I need boots. No, let's not go in. We're, we're, we're staying inside. You don't want to stumble. And the the um the grasshoppers, <laughs> those are the buttocks, because it's just a heavy burden. They just seem to just right? the um the hip bone is the is the uh is also in terms of the almond, the almond tree. Old age springs upon you like the almond tree, which hastens the blossom. So Chazal had a tradition, and it's clear from the pshat that this is a person fading away. So what is the what is the the the, the golden bowl? The golden bowl is, as Rashi says, there the male organ which emits the flow of water. This is based on the Gemara and Shabbos, by the way. Rashi didn't make it up, um, which flows like a fountain. So that's where the um, the Sefer Achinuch decides to sort of like use that euphemism, but I think it sort of underscores the the uh, the power that I guess is contained in that organ. But also, if you take a look at the source, you see how that 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 people that it becomes in a certain sense as you get older, it becomes almost insignificant. So it's interesting, although the term is a euphemism, it also was a way to sort of um, blanket the 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 erotic aspect of it by using that. So I think it's it's not just that he's afraid to say he could have just said oisa moka ma'aver, right? The gvia. I think by using that term and and consciously referencing the pasuk in kaiheles, you get a sense of the the power and the energy that's contained. Especially at the at the beginning of a, a child's birth and what that's about, but also you can see another aspect there, which is of course the shriveling and loss of sexual desire and eventual death. So that is the Sefer Achinuch. Then we have the the Rambam. The Rambam, of course, came before the Sefer Achinuch, and the Rambam uh, famously describes what um, Bris Mila is about. And I'll read you the Rambam from the Rambam's from the from the uh, Kapach translation. It's not all of them. Is miutatashmish? It's an order that you should have sex less. Because basically, it's going to make you less of a sexual being. Ha! Jews are less. It's what's the opposite of the canard, of the anti-Semitic canard, that the Jews are like sexual deviants and they're just after stuff. No, the truth is, if you have a, if you go through a circumcision, what it's going to do is make 
your organ weaker. You're not going to be involved in sex as much. And therefore, you're going to restrain. Now, v'kvar choshvu, some people think, that there was something missing in creation. Now, the Sefer Chinuch didn't exactly say that, but he's sort of close to that. Kapach, in his footnote, mentions the, a, a, a statement from Sadyagon that says, and it's all in their Midrashim, of Rabbi Kiva and Tunis Rupus, that seem to indicate that, yes, this is a sign that there was something missing in creation and we become partners with God. And of course, we saw something very similar in the Sefer HaChinuch. So it's not exactly Sadya and what the Gemara says, but what the Sefer HaChinuch says, but the Rambam, I think, would, would argue against all of that because it indicates that, that physically it's not a shleimus. Physically, the aver should not have the foreskin. It's a chasoran for this foreskin to be there. Anybody who's thinking and he wants to, to make a point can say, You, you think that things that were created by God, the, the Lord of nature, should be somehow missing something? And like we needed human beings to, to somehow correct that? That sounds strange. And we know, if we look at things from a purely um, clinical perspective, having that foreskin helps for that for that for, for the penis. It actually helps it. It, it helps in, in a way that's not consistent with Jewish values. Right, but it helps on a physical way. So how can you tell me that it's missing something, right? But like well, you say, Richard, look what he says. In other words, it happens to be that the complete physical person who's going to enjoy using his body in that way is going to be involved in sex that much. And that's bad. So this is something which on a physical state is really, is really don't say, oh, this is the physical shlemus of a person. In terms of the shlemus of the human being as an organic biological body, it's better to have the foreskin. But it's better for you as an emotional feeling human being, and like you say, a Jewish value human being. He says, agufni. We actually want to we want to damage you or your body. We Judaism wants to actually go against the grain and actually do pull actually damage the the that that bacchanalian uh, aspect of this is what the body is with its with its with its vitality and its vigor sexual vigor that's the purpose yamatora now you're going to say even though he's less of a sex being but we can. It, 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 what makes a in order what makes a person a person is not really damaged, because the the activities that that humans can still continue to be in this world and be part of the world, it's still there. It's not like you can't um, impregnate anymore. Of course you can. But what's going to happen since you don't have that? sense of enjoyment so you're not going to be it's not going to be like this addiction to sex which what happens in other words when when, when it feels so good right right that's like oh, when it feels so good so therefore what happens is it just the desire erupts way beyond than what you need that that having the operation of a bris limits and, and makes the erection feel less powerful. And it could be that there's a lack of pleasure on the part of women who dover shame by suffering. It's clear that's what it is. Why? 
First of all, you 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 have an operation and you get you take blood out of it. And here's the protection, the protection of it that's there from the beginning. There's no doubt that it's not the same. And and when Chazal speak about why they had to rip Dina away from from Shechem, Chazal say, because that if even though she was raped in a way, but sex from an uncircumcised person, it's hard to 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 not want that. So again, the Rambam is being very graphic and being very straight candid about it. But but this is to me the best reason. I believe when I'm writing this for the idea of Brisbila. No, then he's then in order like to like the Rambam becomes a darshan. Who's the one who began? Avram Avinu was the first person to have this. Now, why did God choose Avram? Yeah, after Matan Torah, we know that uh, you know we all Jews should have it. But why Avram? Because his Avram was of the three the one that was the most removed from sex. How do we know that? Chazal tell us that. That he only discovered after he was married so many years to Sarai that he said, now I see how beautiful you are because she happened to uh, have to go over some sort of wadi or some sort of water crossing into Mitzrayim. And it was there she had to pick up her skirts and then he was able to see her thighs. Oh, now I see how beautiful you are. He didn't know. So therefore, the Rambam says it makes sense that it's Avram Avinu. Again, maybe Avram Avinu doesn't need it as much, but it makes sense that Avram Avinu was the type of person that this was significant for, that he had already been working on himself. So again, it's, it's very strange, because the Rambam, Chazal keep on saying that Avram Avinu was not Sholem, right? That's what we saw from the in today's first sources. Avram was not Sholem until, he was not Tomim until he had the Brismila. And the Ramam actually puts, puts, puts this on its head and says, well, it makes sense that Avram was given this because Avram, even before he got the Brismila, was someone who was who tried to limit his sexual activity. Could that be a play also on the fact that his name was not Avram until he got the Bris? It was Avram, and then after he had the Bris, that's when Hashem named Yes, Chazal, Chazal say all of that, that he's only a Sholem until later, and he can't really be that until he has the bris. I'm just saying it's interesting how the Rambam actually you know, says that, well, look, you know, it's Avram, it makes sense, because he's the one who's involved in that. But there's something else, which is also very important. So remember, the, the Sefer Chinuch says, God chose us from all the terrible goyim to do a special job. And the same way our souls are different, our bodies have to be different. The Rambam doesn't use those, doesn't, whether he believes it or not, he definitely doesn't write that here. He says there's another reason that all the people who think properly and what does that mean, think properly? Yichod Hashem. There's only one God. Monotheism. All these other powers are all under God. These other energies and other things, no, you can't just serve one and not the other. They all come under the idea of one God who is unknowable in terms of his shape or size, beyond creation, but powerful in every aspect of Yichod Hashem, that God is one and permeates everything. The people who are part of that, that novel, incredible idea that Avram Avinu was the progenitor of. So it's important that anyone who wants to join this, which is the essence, really, of Judaism, they need a simen gufni akayulam. It's not enough that we all think the same. There's got to be something about our body that looks the same. So as, as, as highfalutin as the Mensa Club is, it's got to be that there's a similarity in our bodies, although we're not walking around naked. This is beautiful. 
And therefore, you're not going to have somebody who's really hasn't, it doesn't have this great belief. And he'll say, I, I'm, I'm one of you guys. And he isn't. Why should someone want to become part of us? Maybe because we're riding high, like in the time of Shlomo Abelach. Oh, or maybe he's a spy. Maybe people who hate these Jews who are part of this belief system, and he wants to insinuate himself and say, "Yeah, I come from Timbuktu, but I'm also I come from the Shul in Timbuktu, and I'm a I'm a Jew as well." And maybe what he wants to do is sort of like ruin us from the inside. But then we'll discover him because he'll go to the mikvah. Right, and we'll say, "Hey, why aren't you circumcised?" No one is going to do this just on a lark. Hey, I want to infiltrate the Jews. Oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to join the Jews. Are you ready to have a brismila? You come because he doesn't come from a society where they do a circumcision at, at, at a young age. So the chances of him being able to infiltrate us are very small. How many people are going to be willing to submit to this type of operation? It's not like he has a scratch on his thigh. It's not like you put a little brand on him. Okay, let's put a brand on his on his arm. It's going to hurt for a minute. <laughs> no, this baby hurts a lot more. Oh, wow, you're not going to want to do this. This really hurts when you get older. So chances of infiltration are very, very small. And therefore, this makes sure that whoever, this, this, this seals the possibility of, of anybody else joining us. But you do a gamerach ha'ezra and we know that when you see somebody, even though you know you think like him, but somehow seeing the similarity creates love and a sense of helping that grows from people. That we all are the same. And that's sort of like what a covenant is. In other words, it's not so much a bris between God and us, but it's a bris between the, all people who have it. So therefore, it, it, it generates a, a, a commonality. Again, there's something here about people who have the same physical aspect on themselves that you're going to somehow want to be connected to that person. That's the way we are as biological human beings. So it's all about not that we're not the non-Jews, but that we are going to be the people that are going to be the guarantors of this high ideal of extreme monotheism in the world. That's what we are, of Yichad Hashem. Vekach kol animo, and therefore anyone who has a bris, harei hu nichnas bivris avram. That's why we call it the bris avram, because avram is the one who developed the idea of one God. So that's what we indicate to the child and any adult who joins us as, as, a, as a ger tzedek, that he becomes part of this mindset. And that's what was said to Avram, that once whoever has the bris, that I'm going to be for you a God, and your children, because they're all, in a way, what does that mean to be a God for them? It doesn't mean that God's going to take care of them because they have a special soul and save them from Gehenna. It's because they're going to think the right way. They're going to think the right way, and their minds are going to be philosophically attuned to the greater truths of creation. And that's why God will be a God for them, because they are thinking about God more, and we need somehow 
this physical aspect within the body to be able to do that. And the reason why, according to this, that it's in that spot, because that's the hardest place for it to be, and this makes sure that fakers don't get in there. This is also, at, at first he said, I like the first one better, and this could also be. But now as the Rambam is writing, it's almost like this, this, this rationale has gotten the better of him. And he's already saying, and you know what, this is just maybe as good as the first one. And then he says, but maybe it's even more Choshev. Wow. Again, it's 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 really fascinating to see this because you would think the Rambam is such a wrote with such exactitude because because originally he said, well, this is like a minor reason, and now we as as he's explaining it, he built up such a head of steam that now maybe it's even better than the first reason. This the 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 mitzvahs perfection, so to speak, the fact that it becomes the hallmark of Judaism and the fact that it's so entrenched. For all generations, the reason why it works, even though logically you should say you should be like the Amish, like wait till you're of the right age to sort of say, I want to be part of this. It's only because it happens at a very young age. And there's three important things with this. Because if you say, oh, when you're 15, after Rumspringa, it's time to have your bris. I ain't going to want to do it. Vashniya, the second one, is for pure medical reasons. It doesn't hurt as much when you're a child because the, the, the skin is still soft and also because part of what makes pain happen is imagination. The the sense that it's going to hurt, the the fantasy of how bad it's going to feel, watching the knife and etc. And even what pain does, because as you get older and you get used to pain, and now you see something coming at you which you know is going to be painful, you're scared. Because he's thinking about it before it's happening, and therefore he's already starting to get anxious, and the pain centers of his brain have already started to sort of like begin to 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 sort of vibrate. Shlishus is a third reason. As much as we're so happy, we have a baby. It's a baby, a baby. He's so beautiful. Oh, he's so beautiful. He's got your eyes. Oh, he's got your legs. Oh, he, oh, he looks so beautiful. Look at his hair. The Ramam says, nah, it's not true. The parents really, yeah, they know they have a baby, but they don't really feel so protective when it's born. Why? Because it's got to start looking like something. When it's all this squishy baby that just came out of the birth canal, it's all, and it's only been seven, eight days, he still looks like a squished melon. It's only when the image somehow starts to, to entrench itself, to etch itself into your memory. That's That's when that's what we use. That's what we use our in our memory banks to think of the image of that baby that already looks more like an older child. That's how we sort of have our love feeling. Because it, it, it happens every time we see it. Notice we have a certain image of what we think the person looks like. And then when we see it again, it becomes, oh, they're so sweet. Oh, every time I look at that picture, oh, it becomes bigger and bigger. Take a look what people have on their phones. The image is what they have of their children. And, and as the baby gets older, the love image gets older within you. That sense of love and feeling and protectiveness grows. I read this. And then, I guess it starts to go down. 
that surashibitimius. But that's that's it, it reaches a certain point, and maybe when they become teenagers, I don't know exactly. But there comes a point like when they stop being so beautiful and cute, the rabbi says, then it sort of starts to go down this sort of protective and love aspect. So he says, so therefore, coming to this baby, in other words, when he's as much as they, we love our baby, you love him more when you're a year old. Vain Avas Benchonak Avas Benchesh and six year old, oh boy, do you love them. They're so cute. That six year old, oh, they're so cute in the sailor suit and the ponytail. And if you would say, okay, two, three years old, bris mila at three. No, no, no. I'm not letting it happen. Why? The father wouldn't let it happen. But when he's born, that image, it hasn't yet been developed. He's, he's, he's squashed melon. Especially dad. Because he's the one who has this mitzvah. Why is it that Mila is on the eighth day. Then they should call Chai Bizman Shanoi Wat Khalashmo, but because every at the time that you're born, very, very weak. In other words, the you can't have a even though by a by a Evid, we actually do the bris the first day that Evid is born, but generally there's a weakness of a of a newborn. It's almost like he's still inside the womb for seven days. And it's only at seven days we say, okay, now he's healthy enough. And you see this is the way it is by Behemoth in the Torah. that We say that animals have to wait seven days before you can shech them. And it's almost like we think that they are not strong enough to go through the process. It's almost like they haven't yet become strong enough that you could even shech them. It's almost like they're a trefa beforehand. That's the same thing with a person. After seven days, he gets the bris. And even though you might want to disagree, says, and we don't make any exceptions. So that is the Rambam's take on Mila. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, shalom. Shalom.